Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participants, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. For fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Enjoy it. Stomping Jen. Apparently we were not on mute. Enjoy it. We were not on mute. That all got recorded. Nice. Episode 87. Can you believe it? Oh my God. 87 I cannot believe episodes. It. Only 13 left till we quit. I'm so excited. Oh no. We're but I'm not quit. as excited for quitting as I am for our guest this evening. Returning to the Soft Serve podcast is poet and musician Joshua Michael Stewart. Ta-da! <laughs> long-time listeners, long-time listeners of the show will know him as the um, composer of the Shivering Jim song, mm-hmm. the Social Distance Rag. Mm-hmm. We'll be playing samples of all of that. So, And we're going to talk to him about poetry. He's got a He's working on a book. He's got uh, a piece published. A and, whole uh, bunch of pieces published. He's I just believe. up to a whole bunch of shit. So get ready. Hold on to your hats. This is going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Yep. You're not holding on to your hat. I don't have a hat. On. All right. Fine. All right. Soft Serve Podcast. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Oh my. That's just me saying oh my, because I'm looking over at our good friend, Joshua Michael Stewart. Hello, Josh. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back on. Mm-hmm. You're now, welcome. The last time you were on here, I think... We drank we an entire bottle of whiskey. Drank an entire bottle of whiskey over three hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that I need to go back and listen to that podcast. I, oh my it was God. a bottle of scotch, actually, to be <laughs> yes. correct. Thank you. And there is a difference, right, between yes. scotch and whiskey? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, it, it tastes different. And, you know, scotch is, I guess you can say, is from Scotland. And yep. whiskey and bourbon and all that yep and the the bottle we we slowly annihilated that evening <laughs> was scotch all right yeah well thanks for coming on um we've been starting off these episodes just by doing some shout outs to people mm-hmm. right yep stomping jen who are we saying thanks to these days oh my god who aren't we saying thank you to? Well, in case people weren't aware, there's still a oh, fucking pandemic going on out there. People this seem to have forgotten that. COVID-19. But I'm still going to thank our healthcare workers, mm-hmm. who I think in a few months are going to be back under the um, the gun, dealing with lots of hospitalized critical patients, and also the essential workers who are opening the country back up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Got to open the country according to um, the Cheeto. And 
Um, who else? I want to also, I've been thinking that demonstrators in the streets. Yeah. Who else, who have been out there the last four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah, it's been four weeks. No. Yeah, it has been. We'll talk about it in a minute, but I just want to thank them because they're really making a difference. And Has it really been four weeks? It's been four weeks and they been, are... Doesn't seem right. Y- this is the fourth week. Um, and is they're really... Right, Joshua? Go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, they're in the fourth week, yes. Oh, they're in the fourth week. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So they're starting the fourth week of demonstrations and, you know, they've um caused a lot of change to happen so that's mm-hmm. a great thing so thank you to those folks those brave folks out there making a difference um and then as we get going here we want to ask people our downloads and our subscriptions are way up over they the last are. couple of weeks oh nice well cool. i think that's yeah i think that's because we've we've been doing really interesting good podcasts so I'm gonna, content <laughs> i'm going to give this to myself Oh, to yourself? Yeah. I don't know who, yeah. whose idea was it to have focused content. I have no idea. Was it who, was it yours? <laughs> I'm not going to say. Okay. Well, who's, whoever idea it was, it was brilliant mm-hmm. because you guys have had awesome guests the last few episodes. Oh, yeah. thank you. And we're- Between 80 and 87 have been phenomenal episodes. You Aww. guys should be really proud of yourselves. Really great. Thank you. I appreciate thank it. You. And- you know, I'll, I'll I'll crack open the the behind the scenes of the soft serve podcast a little bit, and you know, give credit. And our good friend who's joining us, all along the way, has given us good feedback. Yes. So I I think um, I'm always taking feedback from people. So if you want to send that along, um, you want to send your feedback, let us know. Yeah, send us <laughs> feedback. Tell tell <laughs> Is us that what, what you're trying to say. Yeah, like hit us up on the socials. Tell us what you like. Yeah. Tell us what you want to hear. Yeah. Give us feedback on our guests. But anyway, so I've been really happy with the um, the growing the, the focus content <laughs> and focus the growing um, listenership that yeah. we're getting. So it's been fun. Yeah. So um, so time. do us a favor. Subscribe. Download our episodes. Yeah. Tell a friend. Yeah. Right. Leave it. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we've had some serious, um, serious topics that we've tackled over the last couple of weeks, and we wanted to have some fun with Josh tonight. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. Well, I've got a list of questions, and there's some serious topics on here, (laughs) so get ready. We're still going to have serious topics on? Yeah. Um, All right. So, um, yeah, leave us some reviews, even if they're bad. I got a terrible review on Apple um, Podcasts. Didn't they take it down? No, it came back up. As another one that came back No, the up. same one. It criticized me for my halting uh, speech pattern. So. So you're going to halt some more. I don't know. I talk the way I talk. What can I do, Stomping Jen? What I can know. I do, Josh? I There's not much I can do. No, that's the way you talk. That's how I talk. Some people don't like it. Some people like it, though. Some people want you to read them bedtime stories. Oh, that's true. That was that's one tr- review. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. So <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. All right. Um, well, you know, let's let Josh tell our listeners a little bit about himself, whatever he wants to say. I know I gave my interpretation of who he was, but I always ask our guests at the beginning of these shows to tell us tell us about yourself. What do you want to say? Uh, I am a poet, I guess. <laughs> you guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel... 
I always feel uncomfortable calling myself a poet. I mean, if someone else calls me a poet, that's fine. But I don't know. I just always feel uncomfortable calling myself a poet or even a musician. I really don't think of myself as a musician. Uh, I, if, I, I guess if I had to pick something, I would say like, well, I was going to say sound art, art, artist, but even that doesn't sound right. But anyways, I'm a poet. I have a book uh, published by Hedro Books, uh, came out in 2016 called Break Every String. Uh, I'll have a new book coming out. Um, actually, I, I don't have a um, publication date yet, but it's entitled um, The Bastard Children of Dharma Bums, and it will come out uh, of uh, Human Error Publishing. And I like to tinker on a variety of musical instruments, uh, mostly the banjo and ukulele uh, and the bass. And uh, I make my bread as a, a counselor uh, to individuals with uh, uh, mental disabilities. So I am a essential worker. Ah, thank you for that. And thank you for all of the art you're putting out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Thank and I, you. And I just got to say, I mean, if, um, if anybody, I think, can claim the title of poet, mm-hmm. it's you. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... You know, I'll just start off by saying, for people who don't know, we've known uh, Stomping Jen and I. We met Josh around the same time. We all met, like, almost 25 years ago. And I know, that's nuts. I know, it is nuts, <laughs> thinking about it back in college. And I will say, at the time, we were in this little um, UMass Amherst, where we went to college poetry group. Mm-hmm. And I'll say... Um, from my perspective, Josh really stood out uh, in terms of his passion for and dedication to poetry. And over these last 25 years, yeah. I've seen, unlike any other writer I've known, you commit to that over those 25 years, just keeping at it and doing the work and, you know, never stopping. And so I think, you know, in, in my eyes, you know, you're not sort of a poet. You I mean, totally are a poet, you, you and li- you do know it. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. I would just say, like, I, I, you know, that that is that is how I that is how I think of you. I you think know. that we are so privileged because we have this. Um, we've had this long uh, relationship with you. And we've been able to see the growth uh, as a writer, which is amazing. I don't think a lot of people get that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I do like to say is, um, you know, if I have any talent at all, it's in tenacity. And it is that dedication to craft and uh, never giving up and just constantly working uh, to do different things, to um, um, write differently, to better my craft. I, I mean, I really do see it as a craft. Yeah. And uh, I am dedicated to that craft. Yeah, and what do they say? I, I forget who said it. I'm not good at remembering who wrote what or said what, but the the 10,000 hours paradigm that you have to right. invest in something before yeah. you you know even get good at it. Yeah. Who said right. that? I don't know. Not yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I'm the same way. I can remember quotes, but I can't tell you who said them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, 
So I'm curious. I noticed when you're talking about your new book that you're changing publishers. Well, yeah, well, a part of that was um, Paul Richman, who runs Human Era Publishing, and he um, he's the guy who does all the poetry festivals um, in the Valley. Um, he uh, uh, does tons of events. Um, he's, he's, he's a really great guy. He's a guy you should actually have on the podcast. Uh, he has uh, his own publishing uh, company. And even before my first book came out, he was asking me for a book. And, you know, every, every time I see him, he's like, you got a book, you got a book. <laughs> yeah. And um, this project I felt was um, right for his um, publishing company. So, um, you know, I, I, he was the first person I went to with it. Uh, he is also known as the, if I can get this right, he is the nationally um, uh, what is he? Um, the, the beat poet, national beat poet. That's what he is. He's like the national beat poet. Um, so, um, and this, this new book, uh, the, um, bastard children of Dharma bums, what it is, is, um, the bulk of the book are what they call um, erasure poems. Erasure poems? Yeah. Okay. Where you take a existing text and you um, black out words. Oh. And then whatever is left in that, in that is um, your poem. So you take a newspaper and you black out words, leaving certain words on marked and then those words as they fall on the page are your poem so i did that with the entire novel of jack kerouac's dharma buns oh, oh i see i'm not awesome. a kerouac i'm not a kerouac fan and yeah. i'm not that widely read so mm-hmm. i didn't even know that that was a, a jack kerouac reference yes yeah. so, so I mean, next next to you know on the road it's like his second you know, most popular book. So I, I didn't those, know, I didn't know you were up to this. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, um, how, how did you, how did you come around to conceiving this as a project you wanted to do? It's a, it's an interesting idea. And why did you pick that book? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I came around to this project because again, I'm always, um, looking for new ways to write, you know, um, a lot of my writing is spent spending hours and weeks staring at a blank page, waiting for something to arrive. Mm -hmm. And at 20 years of that, I got sick of it. So I was trying to find new ways of doing things. And, um, there's, there's other, uh, poets who have, um, collections like this so on that aspect it's nothing new um but why did i pick dharma bums i'm not i can't really remember why it was specifically that book um but it is you got a po- you got a podcast yep. over there yeah yeah that's um, cool don't worry about it yeah so um 
so uh, bottom line is what, how, whatever reason why I picked it, that's what I picked. And, um, I, so, is so it- there's, there's 34 chapters. Each chapter is a poem. So there's 34 poems in the, in the bulk of the book. Um, that's like the first half of the book. And then the second half of the book are um, my more shorter surrealistic poems. Um, I've been also studying a lot of uh, classical Japanese forms. So there's haikus and Tonkas. There's also what is called high buns, which is H A I B U N, which is mixing prose with haiku. So, um, yep. which I, was invented by Basho. Um, so, there's a few of those in there. I understand that. I understand that that is a well respected um, poetic form, but it sounds like a tasty treat. <laughs> the, the high bun. Just in my mind, in my mind, it sounds like a delicious pastry. Honey bun, yeah. Yeah. I just, I cannot, every time I hear that word, I can't erase that association. Um, That is, that is really interesting. So Mm -hmm. 30, so the first part of it is 34 poems and then um, that you um, created by erasure or deduction of, of the, the text. And then, then these other ones that you wrote. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've also been, I I can't (laughs) like, like saying I'm not a poet. Um, I won't say I'm a Buddhist, but I've been studying Buddhism for uh, quite a few years. And um, with the, will you be quiet? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, So Buddhism between the Dharma bum poems and the poems I wrote there, you know, that's uh, a theme that runs through the entire book. Yeah. What attracted you to Buddhism? I've known this about you and there you have, um, I've always been interested in a lot, the readings you've recommended and some of the, the ideas that you've shared from your study of Buddhism, but what kind of, what, what, drew you you into that and helped you narrow in on that as something you were interested in in in, from a a spiritual sense if it is a spiritual thing for you i I guess the one thing that really attracted uh, buddhism to me is it's not so much about religion as it is about being in the world and Mm -hmm. about seeing the world from a specific point of view um and again, it's like I've been reading up on it for so many years. I can't really pinpoint when it at what actually drew me to it. It's just I read one thing that I was like, "Oh, that's interesting," and then that led to another thing and another thing. And um, you know, four or five years later, I you know I have all this uh, different stuff I've been reading. Yeah, and you'll you'll probably know the term off the top of your head, but one of the concepts, I think it's a Buddhist concept, or maybe it's just Japanese in origin, is the wabi sabi. Wabi sabi. Thank you. The yeah. the, the idea that um, broken things, when they're put back together, um, possess um, a new kind of beauty, right? That is yes. just as just as valuable as before they were broken. And and right. o- and often 
they will assemble broken pieces of pottery with gold or something that actually accentuates the breaking of the piece mm-hmm. right um rather than try to hide it and make it you know perfect in some way mm-hmm. through a inv- invisible repair there's actually a place online um where if you like break china you can actually ship it to them and they will put put it back together with that gold and send it back to you mm. no kidding yeah i wonder yeah, how much I, w- you want to break some china? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because uh, a friend of mine, another poet, um, has done that, and I kind of uh, um, told him, "I'm like, I think you break things on purpose just so you can send it to them." <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, it's it's interesting. It's kind of the reverse of the um, mandala, right? Mm-hmm. Where you create this these incredibly intricate, beautiful. Um, sand paintings destroy them right and that well, that's, that's right that's that's a buddhist thing too yep but this is kind of um taking that to a different place because you can destroy the beautiful piece of art or pottery right but unlike a sand sculpture you can kind of reassemble it back into give it new life and some, yeah something like its previous form but it's it's something like it but it's different right but it but beautiful in a different way um i find that really fascinating yeah well it goes to the the tenets of you know nothing stays the same everything is in flux everything changes uh nothing lasts forever um which are all uh, aspects of wabi-sabi. Yeah, imper- um, impermanence, right? Impermanence and, yep. and things things aren't perfect. Um, that's, you know, there's the Helen, what they call the Hellenistic view of beauty. Uh, like you think of like Roman Colosseums where everything is uh, mathematically equated. Everything is symmetrical, Whereas um, in nature, a lot of things, most things aren't symmetrical. Mountains aren't symmetrical. Trees are not symmetrical. Right. Um, And it's because of that, it's part of their beauty. Yeah. That's interesting. So have you been to Japan? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Never been to Japan. Uh, do you, would you like to go? <laughs> Is he inviting you? Well, I am inviting you. We're going to go on a road trip. A field trip to yeah. Japan. Yeah. I mean, I, ge- I guess out of all the uh, countries, I guess Japan would probably be on the top of my list. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, um, you've got to work out some kind of, um, poet in residency there yeah. situation. There you go. That's the angle I would explore. Yeah. Explore it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, I'm I'm interested about this Buddhism. Um, Have you gone to any uh, Buddhist temples or Buddhist um, places of I don't know if calling them worship is the right term or Buddhist places of practice in the United States. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I guess the closest that I've gone to is the Peace Pagoda in Leverett. Yeah. Um, there's a temple there, but um, 
I've never actually gone in. I've just, you know, been studying on my own, just reading yeah. on my own. Um, maybe one day I'll um, get a teacher, but um, I haven't gone that threshold yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, so the the Peace Pagoda is in Leverett, Massachusetts, and it's this Buddhist. Um, I don't know what to call it's them. Tibetan, the main, the main the pa- structure. The pagoda. The pagoda. Thank you. That <laughs> yeah, thing <the> sits, <laughs> sits on top of a mountain. Yeah, and you can you can see it from uh, miles and miles away, and it's absolutely stunning. It's enormous. Right. Um, it, but in the summer, I'd say be careful because it's also filled with wasps. Wasps. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, There's but, also lots of frogs. Yeah. And they have a little pond there and yeah, like they a, have a sand, sand garden. garden. Yeah. And I think um, the temple uh, or the, the temple you reference is up there. They were building it for yeah, years. Yeah. Um, Next to this structure on the mountain, it is, and I visited yeah. it. I we went into it yeah, we one did. time, and it is it is pretty beautiful. Um, and it was built with all volunteer mm-hmm. uh, labor and materials, and mm-hmm. it's pretty nice. Did you ever try to go around the outside of the pagoda and try to find a way in? You've done that a couple times. <laughs> I don't think there's it has. no secret entrance. We like we're like convinced that there's like some secret entrance like somewhere out in the woods that like secret underground tunnel that like tunnels into the pagoda yeah i mean this is an absolutely enormous structure i don't know how to quite describe it to people it's this huge white dome right and you Mm -hmm. look at the thing and you you say to yourself that has to be hollow right yeah and then you say to yourself for maintenance purposes there has to be a way into that thing yeah and so so anyways, we spent an entire tunnel. afternoon <laughs> wandering around looking for a secret yeah. entrance. Spoiler alert, we didn't find one. But, to, yeah. Yeah, but we were not able to find one. So, yeah, yeah. interesting fact about um, Leonard Cohen, the, the poet and musician. He went and lived, I believe, at a Buddhist monastery for several years. He just quit music. Um, he never quit writing, but he quit celebrity mm-hmm. and went off and lived um, the life of a Buddhist monk. It sounds like um, for many years the plot point of Silicon Valley. I know, but <laughs> but then he he emerged from that and um, wrote his album, The Future, mm, so right? Good. Mm-hmm. Which which is strange because it that that album is so dark mm-hmm. and so. Um, filled with anti-humanistic messages. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he was alone. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a really it's a really kind of bleak, amoral vision of the future. He published it in 1992, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of pop, pop, um, pop cultural references to that album, right? Uh, including in Natural Born Killers, mm-hmm. the song is in that, The mm-hmm. Future, I believe. Um, but... It, it it's interesting to me that such a dark artistic vision emerged out of that, uh, well, that s- stay at the monastery. Well, that makes a lot of sense actually, because I remember he did a interview on Fresh Air, and um, Terry Gross was asking him about his stay. Uh, in a monastery and he basically said like after I, what, I don't know how long he was there for was it five years ten years or whatever it was he went to um, 
the head monk, uh, mm-hmm. whatever the title is. And the head monk was like, well, what did you learn? And he was like, not a damn thing. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the head monk was like, good. <laughs> That's what you were supposed to learn. Yeah. So did he say um, it like this? Not a damn thing. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, I could, I could see an album <laughs> like that coming out of that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, Buddhism. <laughs> I don't know anything about Buddhism. I'm just going to be upfront about that. Yeah. there's Can't contribute much to this conversation. Uh, there, there are elements, elements of it that I really appreciate in some kind of pop culture interpretations of it that I really like. One is um, the, the Tao, well, this is Taoism, sorry. Um, a different religion altogether. Never mind. I retract. <laughs> I believe Taoism is Chinese, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. And yeah. then there's... Um, so, not at all the same as Buddhism. So, I backpedal on that. Well, they, they all kind of weave in and out of each other. You know, there's... It's like, you know, with Christianity and Judaism and um, Islam, you know, there's certain things that will weave in and out of all of them. Um, you know, uh, I think Buddhism takes a lot of, um, um, from, uh, Confucius and Taoism, um, you know, they all borrow from each other and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the, anyways, the books, um, so anyways, I really like these two books called the, um, the, the Tao of Pooh, like Winnie the Pooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, it uses examples and the characters from um, A. A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh to describe the concepts of Taoism, mm-hmm. and there's another one called the Tay of Piglet, which I really like, and that that book is really centered and focused on the strength of small things mm-hmm. and the strength of inaction versus action. Anyways. Um, I recommend those books, Stomping Jen and Josh. The strength of inaction. Yeah. Versus action. Yeah, I mean, sometimes... Sometimes less is more. Sometimes staying silent is more powerful than speaking, yada, yada, yada. Mm. Yeah. So. (laughs) What happened? No, I'm looking at you, thinking if you had anything to offer on that. I just said that that I don't really know very much about Buddhism. Yeah. So I can't contribute much to this conversation. Yeah. But we can move on to a different topic. Yeah. No, well, I want to continue my interrogation of Mr. (laughs) Stewart here. (laughs) Where's your searchlight? Yeah. um, I would shine a light on you if I could. Um, So I'm curious. I was surprised. Like I said before, I was surprised. I didn't know you were working on that um, erasure form of poetry was that something you had talked about before or and i just missed it um or how long were you working prob- on it yeah i um i know i started it sometime last year um i can't remember exactly well it's, it's confusing because i started working on it and you know i worked on it for a couple of months and then i put it aside and then I did other things for a couple months and then I bounced back to it. Um, I just finished it. Um, and including edits in May. 
So okay. it's newly, newly done. And actually, I'm working on three books, to be exact. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Now, did you... How did, I'm, I'm curious if working in that particular form reflects something going on in your life or is reflective of a place you're at in your life. You know, because in a lot of... It, it, it's interesting to me as a form. It's about taking away, right? What's there. Mm-hmm. To and cre- highlighting what's... To cre- what, right. What's remains. Or, or, or letting the letting the extraction highlight what's there, right? It's not like you're... I'm just curious if that reflects something about where you're at as a poet or where you're at in your life or you were just interested, like you're just interested in it. Well, again, it's, I'm always interested in finding new ways to create. Yeah. Um, So there's that aspect of it. Uh, What I did really find interesting is, you know, when I'm reading through the page and I'm just, um, I kind of, I, I did it a little differently than what you're supposed to. You're, what you're supposed to do is take a black uh, magic marker or whatever and black out um, what you, you what you want to take away. But what I did was actually I had a red pen and I instead of blacking out, what I did was I highlighted what I wanted to keep. Mm. Um, and I when I was going through each page, I didn't really think too much of what I was highlighting. What I was just whatever words or phrases um, that, you know, jumped out at me, that's what I highlighted. And I just noticed that there were certain words that, you know, every once in a while that just would um, constantly jump up at me and I would highlight. One of those words would be desolation. Every time desolation was on the page, I just went right for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's just one example. So and, will the final form be reflective of the creative process? Will they? Will the fi- Will the final non-selected words be blacked out, or will it appear as like how you created it? Well. Um, Usually when they have uh, erasure poems, you see the black lines that uh, were marked out. Mm-hmm. My way of thinking is if you're going to erase it, then just freaking erase the damn thing. Mm-hmm. So m- the, the poems actually just look like regular poems. You would never know that they were erasure poems. Okay. Um, so what I did was I highlighted the words I wanted to keep. Um, as they fall on the page, that's how I kept them in the poem, but I did play around with punctuation with, Mm -hmm. um, line break. And I also would change the tense of a word. So I would change, uh, you know, broken to break for an example. Um, but other than that, the words are exactly as they, um, fell on the page. And what I also found interesting is, um, you know, you, you come up with these really weird combinations of words and that, but, um, and I wasn't really planning on doing this, but it just ended up happening that if you ever read any of Jack Kerouac's poems, they sound a lot like 
the poems I wrote, mm. or at least at least the poems that I created sound a lot like um, like Kerouac's poems. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my uh, um, nod, my tribute to him. Um, yeah, I think there's something interesting though in your choice of process around this. I really do, because <laughs> I well, I just want to say like I've always seen you as somebody who has a tremendous respect for language and words, and like deliberately not assaulting the words by crossing them out with a sharpie. To me, maybe says something about. You know how you res—I don't know how you respect words or how you feel about words and their importance. I just—I—I I don't know. That is very interesting to me that your process is different than what a lot of people do, and and I think there's something in that to explore. I'm not smart enough to know what that <laughs> is. Your new therapist. No, I'm not. Congratulations. I'm not smart enough to Be know on what a podcast. I'm just saying I'm not smart enough to know what that is, but it's interesting to me. I hear well, what you're saying. To be, to be honest, it might just be a practical thing. Whereas if I used a magic marker, it would just bleed through the page. Mm-hmm. And so um, it would just be a muddy mess. Right. Um, I think really that's what it boils down to. Yeah. It's hard to desecrate a book, I think, is what yeah. is trying, I mean. Write it down. How dare write you? Write it down. <laughs> it's because we're too familiar with Josh. Um <laughs> It was the first time I think I've done that this entire time. It's okay. Go ahead. Um, I think that's the point that Sawtooth was trying to make. It, it wasn't about desecrating a book. I was just trying to but dig I, in. I, yeah. It was I, not really. Okay. Um, All right, forget it. I retract my. No, I was just trying to just dig in. That whole section out. I was just trying to dig into the the choice around the creative process and. What I'm hearing Josh say is it could be as simple as when you're working off of a, a paperback. If you use a Sharpie, mm-hmm. it will bleed through onto the other side of the page and then you can't see what's there. Like, right. that's valid. But right. I thought maybe there was something deeper. I don't know. <laughs> Again, I'm not smart enough to really know. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Well, it goes back to craft. You know, it's what I really love is. Um, like, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if I love language that much. Mm. Um, what I love is creating things, yeah. creating art. Mm-hmm. And if I have to uh, desecrate somebody else's book to create that art, then um, then so be it. You know, mm-hmm. actually, I, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, your collages, Jen. In, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a way, it's something similar. Yeah, I was thinking about that because, you know, it's like the choosing of the image and then you have to carefully cull it and crop it from the page. And then if you fuck it up, then you've lost it because you don't have that image again. Right. You only have one image to play with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, it's all about taking all this existing material right and making making something new swabby sabby yeah yeah in a way yeah 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 everything changes right yeah so and um i just lost my thought i'm sorry that's okay so the um the new work in your book um the bastard children of dharma bums 
is that have kind of a uniting theme to it at all, or is it just stand? Is each poem kind of a standalone entity? Um, well, there's the the theme of you know um, the you know the Buddhist theme runs through the whole book. Um, it, it it doesn't necessarily tell a story. I would say, um, just um, there's a lot of nature poems. Um, there's uh, one of the high buns is uh, the tragic story of when I got Lyme disease. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> so, intense. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot um, a lot of your poems are really um, emotionally intense. One of the things I observed, we went to your reading for your last book, which was Break Every String. You should go mm-hmm. buy that. What is the, what is the um, Lever- publisher again? Hedgerow oh, Books. Hedgerow Books, yeah. yeah. Go buy that. It's a really good book. Um, we went to the reading of that, and I got to say, I was really impressed um, because you got up there in front of all these people and read some, what I thought were really personal poems that um, referenced stuff maybe that happened earlier in your life. And this one poem you read, I think you were particularly referencing your, your father um, and it was like a really intense poem and he was sitting right there in the audience. Yeah. Like, that was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, and that, that impressed me. I thought it was an, an incredibly bold and brave thing to be able to do. And I'm curious, like, what was the conversation with him like after that? Like it was is he the type to like say to you, hey son, what the fuck was that? No, no, yeah. not at all. Um, in fact, I don't even know if we ever really talked about it. Yeah. Um, um, and and that whole book, I really have to give credit to my uh, mentor Ellen Dore Watson, because when I was, she put was the one who really pushed me to write break every string as it is. Um, I didn't really want to, you know, I had a few, you know, quote unquote family poems, but it wasn't like my main interest. I had all these other like really surrealistic, uh, wacky uh, poems. And she was like, nope, you, this is the book you need to write. You need to write these poems. Um, so even like when my book was uh, accepted, they were like, yeah, this, this is great. Uh, we just want you to take out of the 44 poems, we want you to take out 22 of them and write 22 more. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so, I would have rage quit at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of, there was a lot of rage and uh, there was, a, you know, uh, um, it, through the editing process was, was tough. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I did what I did. Um it, it, it did end up turning out to be a really good book, um, yeah. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Yeah, and and I and I heard you say your your dad and you didn't really talk about it afterwards. And I want to say like that your dad should get a lot of credit for that too, for kind of giving you the space to be the the man and the artist you are, and not you know 
you know, ha- have a hold a grudge against you for that or, or, or make things, you know, maybe there's other shit in your life that he's pissed at you about, but at least he's given you the room to, to do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, my, most of the poems about my father are more, more on, I guess on the positive side, uh, my, not the poems about my mother, not so much. Um, yeah. So, and I also think my dad knows me enough that if he tells me not to write a poem, that it's just going to make me want to write more. <laughs> so it's not yeah. going to solve anything. You're going to get a whole book of dad poems. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, the, the Dharma bums, um, there's no, um, well, I mean, there are some personal stuff, but it's, um, it's not like break every string. You know, I didn't want to write another break every string. I didn't want to be like, here's another book about, you know, when I grew up in Ohio in 1980s. Right. Um, so, and that kind of leads to my, to the other book I'm working on, which is, uh, going to be titled love something. The love something. Love something. Love something. Okay. Yeah. And that's going to be a book of homages, odes, tributes, um, and um, just a book of praise, really. Mm. Um, because, Because Break Every String was so dark and gritty, um, I wanted my next book to be a book of praise, of um, a book of joy, um, you know, in Break Every String, one of the underlying themes is that um, despite my hardship of when I was growing up in Ohio, um, the one thing that has saved me is art, is music, is poetry. Um, that is the thing that has got me through. Um and so I wanted to write a book where I praise other writers, um, other uh, musicians, podcasters. Um, <laughs> pod, could be podcasters, yes. Yeah. Um, and um, one other technique I've been using in that book, um, which is kind of similar to the Erasure poems, is I've been doing this. Um, what is called writing through. And I, I believe it was John Cage. Um, I could be mistaken, but I believe it was John Cage who wrote a poem called writing through Howl," in which he took Allen Ginsberg's Howl" and broke it all apart mm-hmm. and then wrote a whole new poem using the lines of Howl." Hmm. But he did it and he used, he actually used this like algorithm and um, as the poem falls on the page, it actually, um, the, 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 the lines keep uh, repeating Allen Ginsberg, Allen Ginsberg, Allen Ginsberg of the first letters of each line. Um, I did something similar to that, but my method is completely different. Huh. So, um, I'm sorry, but it it gets kind of complicated, but, um, so I wrote the first one I wrote to, I wrote to my, my mentor, Ellen Watson. And what I did was I 
read through her four books. And in each poem, I grabbed um, kind of the same way as with um, um, the Dharma bums. I would grab a line, a word, a phrase, an entire stanza, and I would make a column. Um, so I book one had a column, book two, book three, book four. Okay. And then what I would do is I would take a line from uh, a poem in in book one, break it in half, and then smash it together with a half of a line from book three. Huh. And all I and in in the beginning, all I was doing was creating sentences. I wasn't thinking about how the sentences worked with each other. All I wanted was sentences. And I had 18 pages of material after breaking lines in half and twisting them and uh, edit and adding on to them and uh, deleting aspects of them. I ended up with 144 um, sentences. And then again, I went back and I took the 144 sentences and I tried to figure out how sentences would correspond with each other. And uh, that was a whole process. Again, uh, uh, editing, cutting, adding to it, twisting um, until I got to like this two page poem. Um, and by even though I'm using her words, by time I'm done with the whole thing, it's it's a new it's a new creation. It's my thing. In fact, if you if you read the poem, you would never know it was um, it came from her her work. Uh, it actually sounds like a Joshua Michael Stewart poem. Jesus Christ, that's incredibly complex. Like that process, yes. and I cannot I can I can't even imagine how much work that was. Yeah, it takes a it takes a long time, but it's great when you have writer's block. Yeah, well, you know, because it's like working on a puzzle. Did you? Um, it's sculpting. Did you draw inspiration from um, for the process, or did you sit down and think, "How am I going to do this from scratch"? Well, I mean, I there was the John Cage idea, yeah, yeah. Yep. but then I was like, "Well, I don't want to do it like he does." Yep. Um. God. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of my work is I take a bunch of shit and I throw it against a wall mm -hmm. and whatever sticks, that's what I got. That sounds like <laughs> my collage. It sounds pretty accurate. It's just it's just trial and error. And that's that's why, I, you know, when people ask like when you and other people ask me questions, I, I, I stumble because at the end of the day, I don't really know how I got there. It's mm -hmm. just I tried this and then I tried that. It feels right. This. Yeah. It feels and, right. Yeah, and for the record, I don't feel right. I don't feel like you're stumbling at all. I'm no. I'm I'm really fascinated by process. I'm actually a process geek. So that I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the finished product, knowing that. Is is your mentor Ellen I'm and I'm sorry, I'm not good with last <laughs> Watson. names. Watson, it, um are they still alive? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She okay. um, she's retired now, but she okay. uh, taught at Smith College okay. um, for years. She ran the uh, poetry center okay. at Smith. Um, all the uh, poetry readings that uh, come to Smith, she um, well, she doesn't do it this year, but for the last twenty years, she was the one putting them together. Yeah. She uh, edits the Massachusetts Review. 
Now, does she know you're... Sorry, Stomping Chain, go ahead. I was just going to ask, does she know you're up to this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. H- how does so, one find a mentor? That's a great question. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, well, what happened was, um, again, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stumbling thing. Um, I think it was in Poets and Writers Magazine, there's a classified section. Or actually, it might have been actually the actually I take that back. I think it was the Valley Advocate. Mm-hmm. There was the classified section, and there was a thing like, "Hey, writers, join this um, writers group." Mm-hmm. And this was around 2000. Um, I didn't belong to any writers group. I, I got as far as I could on my own, and I was like, "I I need to do mm-hmm. more." Mm-hmm. And I went to the writers. Uh, um, workshop she was leading it i had no idea who the hell she was um but during the workshop she mentioned oh i also do private one-on-one um uh tutoring or mm-hmm. whatever you call it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i was like that's what i need yeah because when you do workshops you know for me, they don't really work. Right? I don't get an, a lot out of them. Yeah. You, you go in with your 10-line poem, and they go, oh, I like line one, and I like line five, and I like line 10, really strong lines. But then they don't really tell you anything about all the other lines. Right. Um, so whereas when I started working with Ellen, um, the great thing she would do is like she would take a line and she would be like, this is what you said, but this is what you want to say. Mm. And nine out of 10 times, I was like, absolutely right. Like, yes, that's like, uh, that's exactly uh, what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like I would respond to that being like, you have no idea what I want to say. How do you know that? <laughs> like, that's how I like, and I, you know, I'm my ego is, you know, is woundable enough where I would probably right. respond that way. How do you, how do you take that kind of feedback? When somebody's saying to you, oh, 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 you know, here's what you really want to say. I know, I know your poem better than you do. How do you? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm open-minded to it. Um, um, and, and, you know, the thing was, was it wasn't just like sh- she would, she would go in deeper with it. Like she would really explain, like, I'm not just saying this because I want to say it. Like, this is what you wanted to say. Um For an example, I had a poem. Actually, this poem is, it's funny how this stuff works. I'm having a poem published in July. The poem I wrote over 15 years ago, and it's now just being published. And it's actually a a poem that means the most to me out of all the poems I've ever written. It's That's the one. Is that the one that's going to be in Cole Hill Review? No. No, okay. No. Um, it's, it's going to be in plain songs in July. Okay. Um, but the one that's published in Cole Hill review, I wrote for the poet, Pam Stewart, no relation to me, um, using that writing through method I talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. for, for, I did for Ellen's uh, the poem I wrote for Ellen. I did the same method, um, for Pam Stewart, where I read Pam's books and I did that whole process. But in this other poem, um, <laughs> what it's about is 
um, it started off with that question, you know, like, what would you say to your younger self now that you're an adult? Oh my God, I have that question written he here. Literally has that literally have that written, written here. on this paper. Yeah. So what? What, <laughs> what the hell? What the hell would you say? Well, um, yeah. Wait, I'm trying to. So he's. I think you're gonna maybe pull it up or look at it or. I uh, yeah. If if you don't mind. No, not at all. It, uh, yeah, that is so funny. Um, what I wrote here uh, as you're doing that is, um, you know, we've known you as a working poet for almost 25 years. What advice would you give that kid we first met at the UMass Poetry Club way back when? That's to... the question I wrote. I know, I see it. Do you see it, oh, Stomping Jen? I do, I do. I really have to pee. Oh, go ahead. But I got I this. I don't want to miss the poem. Or you won't miss it. Hurry up. Right, yeah, sorry. I got, a I, I got a cup out. here. You want to pee in this cup? No, I can't. You sure? Go under the wire. That's the webcam. There you go. You got it. All right. Peeing Jen. There she goes. She's going to pee. Should I go in there with the mic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. So you wrote a whole poem about the advice you would give to yourself? Uh, well, um, not necessarily. Um, okay. Stomping Jen will be pissed if you start talking about this before she gets yeah, back. Yeah, that's I'm holding off. Yeah. So, um, um, Ellen Watson. Um, yeah, Ellen Doré Watson, yeah. Is she still writing and publishing or is she retired? Yeah. No. no. Okay. Well, she's a t retired from teaching at Smith, but I know she does, um, she does, uh, she teaches at a MFA program at, um, Oh, I forget which college it's it, it is, but uh, she still edits the Massachusetts Review. She still writes. She uh, did a re reading tour in uh, London with uh, poet Thomas Lux uh, before he passed away. Thomas Lux uh, is a big deal. Um, yeah. So, and what what I want to say before um, before Josh says whatever he wants to say about this poem, what I want to say I'm really impressed with is. Um, you had enough humility to to say way back when, you know, I, I feel like I'm stuck. I need help. And then you got you like you got lessons from a master. And I worked with her for fifteen years. Yeah. That that is I, I mean, that that is commendable. You know, I think um I think we often see um creatives and artists as people being islands on their own and they do everything on their own and they don't get help in terms of the creative process huh. or what <laughs> just thinking back to some conversations that we've had recently what about how when you first started this podcast what about it, was it? sort of directionless yeah and you you i helped craft it. you helped yeah, absolutely I helped. I helped yeah um sorry no, and you know, I was saying the other day, um, we'll get right back to you, I promise. I had to do, I had to do, you probably heard this, like 10 minutes of the podcast without Stomping Jen when we had um, a guest on, um, um, Elena McCauley, uh -huh. when we were talking about racism. And I was just, I felt directionless and rudderless. Like I didn't, I didn't feel 
grounded. So this is not really, you know, it's no longer my, you know, podcast is how I started out and envisioned it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I think, um, you're no longer an Island. This is, this it, is, it has grown so much. Yeah. And, and that, and, and part of that is like what we were talking about earlier, it's investing the time and the hours. And, you know, I think I'm a much, um, more, um, facile, podcaster now you mm -hmm. know i'm better at it than i was when we started so anyways back to josh um <laughs> no. so we were talking about um this poem you worked with um ellen watson on for what you said six 16 years ago you started 15. this yeah I, I i wrote it 15 years ago and um i um i wrote it 15 years ago and it, it um as they say, it never had legs. Like it, it, I, I sent it out to different publishers and that, and no one would take it. I think a lot of it had to do with the, um, it was originally called, um, uh, when the surrealist no longer remembers his dreams, which, um, I think was too little, uh, tongue in cheek. And, um, it really didn't reflect what the poem was about. You know, uh, I changed the title and um, and here 15 years later, it's not only being published, but it, it like won some award in the magazine. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Um, Congrats. But so one thing I wanted to mention, like where I talk about how Ellen was like, this is what you said and um, this is what you meant to say. Mm -hmm. Um. um so uh, the, these two individuals are walking, um, they're walking down a road and they're walking together. And I, I originally said, you know, uh, the narrator, the speaker says, I, I pick up speed uh, because it was raining and whatnot, whatnot. And she's like, you don't want to say pick up speed because when you say picking up speed means that you're leaving the other person behind, but you want to move faster, but the, have the other person stay with you. So instead of saying pick up speed, you want to say pick up pace. And that just that one word changed the line. It made it what mm -hmm. it really was meant to be. So anyways, this poem is, um, it started off with me trying to that that question you know what would you say to your younger self and i am so vastly different as an adult than who i was as a kid especially that kid who grew up in ohio mm -hmm. that i'm like that kid is dead to me yeah and then that got me thinking well when i am talking to this kid and this kid is dead Oh, no. And this kid is, you know, basically a zombie, more or less. So anyways, the poem is called Elegy for Who I Once Was. Mm. Summer. We were walking a country road before dawn, and you were dead. I don't remember your dying, but there you were, dragging your feet, your eyes like the bottoms of glass ashtrays, your breath I said it smelled of death and you just groaned. I felt like an idiot. I never wanted this. I never wanted it to rain. 
Do you have any idea what a soggy corpse is like so early in the morning? I tried to pick up the pace, but all you could do was slosh down the road. Eventually, we came to a barn and hobbled inside to get dry. Soon the sun was up, the rain had stopped, and the insects were getting jiggy in the fields. You slumped into an empty stall. Sunlight beamed through the slits in the boards, and the dust of your body mingled with the dust of the barn, the outside world, and possibly me. Despite the decay, you looked lovely disappearing like that. And I confess, if I wasn't such a fool, I'd love you right down to the bone. Vultures usually do. It was the first thing you said all morning. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Punctuated by the cat and me sneezing. <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> that is intense. That is good. Yeah. No wonder it won an award. Yeah, that was really yeah. good. I'm I was sorry. in that. I was trying to hold my sneeze. The whole time. I'm a mess tonight. I was in that barn, man. <laughs> yeah. The barn does. I had my eyes sneeze. closed. I had my eyes closed. I was in that barn. Yeah, you'd be happy to know that uh, we also. I also have a, a fox family mm-hmm. uh, running around in the woods behind my apartment building. So oh, my cool. cats, my cats have been in quarantine, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're pissed. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, uh, that that's awesome. I don't, you know. Yeah. Well, that what 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 journal was that? Plain songs. Uh, yeah, plain songs. Plain songs. Okay. That's super cool. All right. Yeah. Ooh. Thanks for reading that. Thank you. Um. Jeez. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do, Stomping Jen? What are you gonna do? I'm gonna go pee. Oh, want, you're and, gonna go pee now. So, well, what I've um, I, what I want to say, um. Josh, do you have any? Do you want to talk any more about poetry? I want to get to your music a little bit and talk about music with you because mm-hmm. you're also a really great musician, and I just wanted to oh, chat chat a, a little bit with you about that too. Yeah, no, that would be great. Okay, um, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cats while you go pee. Are you gonna stop? It? Yeah, go ahead. You chat with whatever you want. I'm gonna, oh, gonna actually play one of the songs. I'm okay. gonna start playing. Um, uh, one of the more recent compositions you did. Will I go pee? It's called Flowers for George Floyd. Is that okay if I play that? Yeah. And yeah. that is in reference to George Floyd, the black man who was murdered by the cops um, in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. Minneapolis. So this is um, this is Josh's um, composition. I'm gonna hit the play on this, and then I'm gonna get up and go pee. Okay. okay. You got four minutes. Sorry, let me just dial it down a bit. Okay, I'll be right back. You two talk about cats or talk about this. I'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) He's gone. He's left the room. What instruments are you using? There's piano, uh, a ukulele, electric bass guitar. Um, there is um, keyboard, synth, flute, viol- uh, violin, viola, and cello. Oh my god. 
back. Do you play all those instruments or how does that work? I am playing the ukulele and I am playing the bass. Um, the, the the computer is playing the flute and the strings okay. and the piano, but I wrote all the of music, them. Right, yeah. So I, I, I wrote them and then I use a MIDI system to uh, play them back. That's super cool. And you can you can write music. You said right, correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 Did you see yeah. his musical sheet, his music I did. annotation. Yeah, that's why I asked. They used an app for that, right? Or, uh, well, yeah. I mean, an app or a, a, a software program, uh, whatever you really want to mm-hmm. call it. Uh, music. Uh, I don't even know what it's called. It's actually you can get it free offline. That's um. Cool. But you need to know music theory in order to like write. You can't just well, right, right. Yeah, you can't yeah, just like throw a bunch of notes on a piece of paper. Well, that's it's actually yeah. It's go called ahead. it's it's called. I use what is called Muse Score. Uh huh. Um, I use that to write, but I also use uh, this other program that's called um, um, uh, what is it called? Oh, Band in a Box. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Which I use band in the box. I use that to create a lot of the stuff for, for Shivering Jim. Yeah. yeah. That's a good song. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. play that later. Maybe we'll go out on that. That's a great song. Shivering Jim. So, and this was like my first, uh, this piece was my first attempt to write something quote unquote classical. Uh-huh. You know? just sitting with this you're so funny what's so funny you why is that funny i don't know why crack me up so sad what were you um obviously this is an incredibly (laughs) serious um um subject Mm -hmm. that the 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 song is inspired by um how do you sit down and what i'm fascinated about is like how how you take those ideas about you know the murder of george floyd the the injustice um in the system um and translate that onto a piece of paper without even playing a note. I don't even understand how a person could do that. I guess because I don't write music. Right, you're not a musician. Yeah, it's just <laughs> something I don't understand. Um, I mean, there may I not. Mean, yeah, there may not be an answer to that question. It could be a stupid question. He's asking question. you lots of processing <laughs> questions. Right? I mean, I, it's it's like do certain musical keys evoke. Like well, certain yes. feelings so, so in people. It's, it's in a, it's it, the it's in a um a, a minor. So any minor, minor keys or sad songs. Yeah. Um. What is what is uh, again in a craft aspect of it? The yeah. whole melody is only four notes. So it's very minimalistic. Um. I take those four notes, and I try to do um as many different combinations as I can in the piece. And uh, on top of that, I use um, 
even though I'm only using four notes, I'm using different harmonic structures, uh, which are the chords. So uh, I'll use you know, the same four notes, but on those same four notes, there's um, uh, an A minor seven chord, there's a C major six, there's a E7 uh, flat five. <laughs> you need to incorporate those cat meows into a piece of music. Outside. Yeah, she can be relentless. <laughs> so and and um, and the harmonic structure beyond uh, on below the melody gives each um, section its own own color. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds. Um, I mean, it sounds sad to me, but I don't know. It's good. I like it. You're I'm gonna play it again. Oh my gosh! We're just gonna play it. It's gonna go in the background. You're so funny. You crack me up. I love the piano, though. I love the piano. I love crickets too. You hear that cricket? Is that outside? I think that's um in somebody's. It's either here or in uh, Josh's apartment. I don't think it's. Oh, it part might of the music. be. Yeah, I got my windows open. You That's why they want to go outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have a good mic. <laughs> Your cats are the best, though. Yeah. Wait, hold on one second. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> it like a- I like the hey, come here. <laughs> no, she's not going to stay. <laughs> she's not going to stay. Is she staying there? No. Oh, oh. So, oh. Um, this is. It. This is the only way I can keep her to shut up. Josh has a gigantic cat sitting in his arms as he's talking to us. She's so pretty. Oh, my gosh. That is one of the biggest cats I've ever seen. Look at that tail. Oh, my God. Is she Maine Coon? Obviously part Maine Coon. Yeah. Wow. Is she one of the feral cats from outside? She is, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. She looks bigger than Nikki. What a gorgeous she animal. isn't. She's actually quite tiny. Actually. Oh, is she? She's got poof, yeah, she poofiness. Yeah. She's a poofy cat. And then her sister looks nothing like her. Her sister's a short hair. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then there's T-Bone. And T-Bone's, T-Bone's like Icky's yeah. size. Yeah. yeah. Icky is one of our podcasts, Ichabod. Who's a giant? Well, he's he's slighter he's now in his older years. Yeah, he's getting a little. His yeah. weight has redistributed to different places. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this is a this is a beautiful piece. Oh, thank you. Are you going to do more classical compositions? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, again, it's it's always trying new things, different things. Um, um, so it was, um, you know, I was like, oh, I never, uh, uh, real, I've always wanted to write for a string quartet, mm-hmm. but I never have. So I was like, well, I'll, 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 uh, write a string quartet for, for this piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What other pieces do so we I have? So I see this other one here that, yeah. um, two for the price of one. Is that one of your poems that's... No, that's the that's the that's one of my newer tunes where I um, I use two basses, a low end bass and a high end bass, and a uh, Buddhist lotus drum. Oh, huh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this yeah. one. All right, let's try that one. All right. Um, so that was flowers for George Floyd. Okay, 
that was beautiful. Okay, let's try two for the price of one. And as Josh just told us, this is like dueling basses of some kind and a and a drum and a lotus drum. Yeah. Oh, I like this one. The first time I heard this, I couldn't hear the lotus drum. It was, or it was afterwards I could hear it. Oh wait, was it a bowl? A, uh, there's a bowl in it, right? What's that called? A, whis- oh, uh, um, a whispering bowl? A singing bowl. A singing bowl. Th- though that's that's not what I'm using here. Okay. Um, um, but I, I have used a singing bowl in another piece. And one of my, uh, I have a, um, um, a longer piece uh, 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 of uh, meditation music where yeah. I use it. That just totally picked up and changed the whole structure of the song. Like at first it was like, um, it it was reminding me of the Cassandra Wilson um, cover of Harvest Moon. Oh, really? And now it has a different tone altogether. It's like happy and joyful and like, I'm going to go out. Yeah, it's very jaunty. Jaunty. It started, I feel like it started off as jaunty. I feel like it started off like more mellow. Like go out in the backyard with a fire. It, it shifted. I really feel like it shifted tone. Now it shifted again. It did. Did it change keys? It did. <laughs> <laughs> you would never know I minored in music theory. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh darn it. It's like, you know, that's the thing that like my biggest regret is that I spent and invested my energy in learning all this stuff and I don't remember a thing. It's so yeah. sad. Why do you regret it? Because I, I wish I had more of a reason to have done that <laughs> work. Like if I was actually a musician or, you know, if I was prepared to further my career in music in some way, shape or form, but... I mean, it was fascinating to me at the time. Yeah, it was it, like music theory. That is, um, that is my strength. Yeah. As a musician, I'm really not a musician. I, I hate performing live. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in a band, I couldn't stand it. Mm-hmm. Um, what didn't you like about it? The there's attention. just. I mean, there's that, but you know, there's all the the behind the scenes mm-hmm. shit the there's the yes there's the you know um drive it across the, country in my van <laughs> well i mean yeah i never never actually had experienced that but it's you know um you're you're told you're going to be paid uh one thing and then you get to the gig and you find out that uh, oh, you're not being paid fifty dollars a guy. You're paid fifty bucks for the whole, whole band. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And and then uh, there's the other thing, you know, you know, band members who don't show up for gigs and stuff. This is this? grinning in your uh, face. Who's singing? With <laughs> Sticky Pickles McGee. <laughs> who is Sticky Pickles McGee? A legendary bluesman that never was. Is that that's that you? Is, is that that's you? you. That's yes. totally you. You can't hear it. You can totally hear it. 
This is amazing. I think I want more Sticky Pickles McGee. <laughs> Sticky Pickles. <laughs> Sticky Pickles Dupree, I mean. Oh, Dupree. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Sticky Pickles. That would make a good cat name. Sticky Pickles. You you have got to have some kind of effect on your voice, That's like right? the same yeah, as like yeah. when you put the shit on your voice for your bumpers. Yeah, I, 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 I recorded it and then I changed it. Um... Uh, I dropped it a uh, a key, so I think it's. I originally sang it in like key, the key of D, so I dropped it down to the key of C or something like that. Or no, 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 no. I it was. Uh, I dropped it down a minor third of whatever the original key was. I can't even understand he, what you're saying. He he made it lower. Is a music theorist. That's yeah. all you need to know. You know that everything in music is octaves, right? Yeah. Okay. I can definitely, like, um, <laughs> tell the way you're saying the words that it's you. All right, let's try this one. Baby, please don't go. How's that? This one's on here. Let's try this one. Some banjo, right? Right out of the gate. Does this one have words? Mm-hmm. It does. It's an old blues tune. I'm so impressed. You can ask Josh to be your mentor. <laughs> Would I have to sit in a room and have a lesson? Uh huh. <laughs> I'm unteachable at this point. What you taught yourself how to do all of this? <gasps> you fixed. I could be my own mentor. You fixed our pressure washer. Did you just say I should be my own mentor? No, that's not what I said. You're awesome. I have to. I have to use a pressure washer tomorrow. Actually. Oh, cool. What are you washing? Your cats? <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to my dad's and I'm helping him redo his deck. So we're gonna wash down the deck and nice. repaint it. Our like friend's, uh, what's her name? Geeky Nelly. What's her name? Our friend, Nervous Nelly. That's not right. Nerdy Nelly. Nerdy Nelly. Yeah, Nerdy Nelly. <laughs> she told me she's like redoing their deck something. Yeah. She's like all excited. I'm like, this sounds like torture. She's like, I love manual labor in the mm -hmm. summer. I'm like, who <laughs> are you? It sounds terrible to me. All right, that's baby. Please don't go. Every time I hear that, I think, please don't go. I mean, this is a long list. 90s. Oh, look, here's one called An In Walked Sawtooth Frank. No. Yep. Yeah, it's a you composition a, for me. You made a song yeah. for him? Yep. I did a long time ago. He made one for you, too, called Food Truck Friday. <laughs> that was the first one I made. This is my song. I might have to redo things here and open the podcast with this. Would you be opposed to that? No, not at all. This is good. This is jaunty. 
And in walks old Tooth Frank. <laughs> he had a limp. He had a bucket of shrimp. What? In walks old Tooth Frank. Why do you have a bucket of shrimp? Why, why you not? got that bucket of shrimp, said a lady. <laughs> why you got a bucket of shrimp, are you crazy? In walks our tooth Frank. You guys should do a collaboration. <laughs> In walks our tooth Frank. He said, dear miss, I'm hungry as hell. Please don't mind the shrimpy smell. In walks our tooth Frank. <laughs> In walks our tooth Frank. That's all I got. That was pretty good. Thanks. Totally freestyled. Uh-huh. I could see your notes. You wrote it all down over yep. there. You're fully prepared for this. This is good. Oh, yeah. In walks our tooth. <laughs> In walks our tooth. <laughs> this is his new, uh... Put those shrimp right on the stone. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh, this is good. I don't understand why you're <laughs> singing about shrimp. Who knows? This just what came into my mind. <laughs> oh, so many things here. Um, oh, I like this one. We played this one before. Keep my skillet good and greasy. The greasy one. This is a great one, yeah. I love this. So many. We have bacon grease. What can we yep. do with it? We can keep our skillet good and greasy. Good and greasy. Oh man, this is good. How long does it take you to write one of these? This is a classic. Remember? Oh, is this you a cover? Told us about this. Oh right. Yeah, this is an old old folks tune. Okay. Um, it's weird. Like like a lot of the cover songs, I'll learn it and I'll know, I'll like play it. You know, just as I practice for it could be years. And then just one day I decide, okay, I'm now I want to uh, put it down, and then I do. Um, and uh, it, it all depends. It takes a couple days. Mm -hmm. It all depends on how much time I have to actually sit and do it. Yeah. Do you keep your um, skillet greasy while you do it? God, this is so, I, I do. love this. Um, your friend. That guy. Do you actually know that person? The one. What was the name of that? The. Who was on last week? No. Because they know each other. No, uh, no, 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 no. Josh no, 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 and Jason. No, no. The song that came up because I went to the SoundCloud and then it was like a playlist and it was the. Oh, Sean. Oh, Homo Astro Sasquatch. Astro Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah, that's Sean like, Fennel. Do you actually know him in person? Oh yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to high school together. You did. Will he yeah, be mad? Yeah. Will he be upset if you say his name on here? No, not no, at okay. all. I don't think so. Okay. And fuck him anyways if you did. Astro Sasquatch. <laughs> Astro Sasquatch. I just like started laughing. Like, what is this? Astro yeah. Sasquatch. Huge uh, Frank Zappa fan. That's, you know, how we all bonded, like, uh, in especially our junior, senior year of high school. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, uh, Frank Zappa's Joe's Garage was literally like our, well, okay, I guess not literally, but it was a Bible to us. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. um, everything we said and did was, was always about Joe's Garage. That's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to just, I wanted to make sure we're showing um, Josh's full range here. I'm going to play some of his meditation music he wrote. (laughs) Which one should I play? Sunday Rain, Meditation Suite, or Flow? Uh, Meditation Suite, I guess. Okay, well, let's bump some of that. Ooh. Some bongo action or something. Some percussion. Now, again, talking about uh, music theory, this this piece, this first, this this piece is in five sections, and this first section is all written in the what is called the Phrygian mode. Phrygian mode. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of modes, but I've never heard of that oh mode. My gosh. I have a question. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, do you apply music theory principles when writing poetry? It's a good question. That is a very good question. I've actually tried, again, going with, there's this thing called modal jazz. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've tried to think about how I could incorporate modal jazz theory into poetry. Mm Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, when you but figure it out. I think about it all the time. Yeah, I think about it all the time. When you figure it out, you're going to come back and talk about it. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Okay. So what else are you doing when you're not writing poems or music? What, what else do you do for fun? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, so you work. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned before that you work. So. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I work. I do my my poetry and my uh my music i take care of my cats i uh try to do my daily walk at the quabbin um now these cats real quick if you have time um (laughs) yeah people don't understand you have like a feral um, colony colony of cats that live near your home and you've got a bunch living with you now in residence well the 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 um the clouder, which is the proper word for a group of cats. A clouder. A clouder. Okay. Like chowder, but yep. with an L, right? Yeah. Also, also, an, uh, 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 a group of cats is also known as a glaring. No kidding. That makes sense because they glare at a, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, a glaring. A glaring. Yeah. I want a glaring um, of cats. Unfortunately, most of the. Um, all the feral cats are gone. Oh, really? Um, yeah, they either disappeared. A couple got hit by uh, cars. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one was actually my um, the two sisters' mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, her oh. name was Brindy, and she. Um, I never. She. I, I can get her as close. You know, she. She'll s- smell my hand. Um, but that's as close as sh- she ever got. Mm-hmm. I was never able to get her inside mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the three cats I have now, all all at one time, were feral. Mm-hmm. Um, but they pretty much live inside um, uh, now. They okay. they don't they don't go outside. And yeah. the other ones are all unfortunately gone. Oh, that's yeah. Sad. Oh, I'm sorry to hear no. that. Yeah, I, I know they. 
they had been there for many, many years, that um, glaring. Yeah. yeah, they were. Yeah, they're gorgeous cats, though. I wish people yeah. could see them. They are these, like, mm-hmm. giant Maine Coon-looking cats. Well, that one was. Yeah. He said the yeah. other one doesn't look like that. Oh, he, oh sorry. I missed that. <laughs> yeah. I might he have said been. the other one was a tabby. If you T-bone. look behind, yeah. if you look behind me, yep. underneath the Dexter Gordon poster, hit her sister sleeping on <laughs> on her little tuffet. Okay. Aww. Yeah. So cute. Nice. And T- T-Bone is under the bed somewhere. So cute. No, another question I want to ask you. The last question. <laughs> I've, I've asked this of several of our guests. Um, okay, how do I want to frame this? Um, whether it's been outside or inside, have you ever seen or experienced something you can't quite explain? I've never seen Bigfoot, no. God damn it. That's not what I mean. <laughs> it could be anything. Um, I, I, I actually, at at the Quabbin, when was this? This was, uh, last summer, early, actually, maybe a year ago. I almost, uh, uh, I was walking, um, by the Windsor Dam Mm -hmm. and, and you know how there's the long road that attaches the, um, Windsor Dam to route nine. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. I, so my, my walk routine is I go on the Windsor Dam, go the one end, come back, go all the way down to Route 9 and come back, do it all over. Mm-hmm. It ends up being like an hour and 15 minutes. Anyways, I'm walking down that long road heading towards Route 9. And this is a and, woodsy area. And it's a woodsy area yep. and walks right in front of me. Well, not right in front of me. It was a little distance away. Um, was a moose. Oh, cool. A moose walked out and stood right in that road and stared at me. Oh wow, that's mm. awesome! And it was it was giving me that look like you you come any closer and I'm gonna fuck your face. Was it giving you the gla- <laughs> was it giving you the glaring? It was. <laughs> um, it had twenty cats sitting on its back. <laughs> now that would be something you can't explain. A moose with twenty cats on its back. That's true. that that would be. So all right, okay. So the answer is no. Fine. No. Uh. That happened, that, what you just described. So I was driving up on 202. Route 202. Yeah, on the side of the quab. In Massachusetts. One morning. And ahead of me, like 200 feet ahead of me, as I was driving, a moose like lumbered out of the forest and crossed the road. And it was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen because it like looked like a giant horse. But I'm like, that isn't a horse though. It's not a horse. Yeah, they're huge. they're huge, and you see, actually, I saw them on two hundred two, as well. Yeah, and um, what is interesting is like twenty, twenty five years ago, if you're on Route two hundred two, yeah, you would never see a moose crossing sign. Yeah, now there's a moose crossing sign like every ten feet. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true. Oh, oh. I'm just reflecting. I'm listening to the meditation music, thinking about back over the last 94 minutes we spent with Josh. 94. (laughs) It flew by. It did. It always does. It's because we love chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that was great. Um, we didn't. Does that get, mean it's over? No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be. That's it. It doesn't have to be. 94 minutes. That's all he gets. Um, you know, one thing I just want to mention and celebrate: we're recording this on the day. That the Supreme Judicial Court yes. 
um, ruled that um, LGBTQ um, people cannot be discriminated against in the workplace. Yes. Which is, I think, fantastic. Worthy. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, we were talking. Sad that it's 2020 and that's. Well, (laughs) this was the thing I was just about to say is we were discussing it at dinner with Space Unicorn and Ted and Space Unicorn looked over at us and was like, wasn't, they should have, they had that already, didn't they? Yeah. And we were like, no. And she was like, that's, that's bull baloney. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, we've been doing a lot of, um education around you know african americans and the systemic incarceration you know systemic inequalities and racism and uh i think we need to move on to you know i think they're so used to the idea that we have gay friends and it's just you know they have you know they don't they don't even think about it at all and they don't even understand that there are people out there who yeah and next week on episode 88 we're gonna have um Two really interesting people, and I'm really excited to talk to yep. um, a sociologist. Um, so we're going to do a pride-focused episode yes. and talk about, um, I think, LGBTQ issues and yeah. um, ideas. And so we're going to have a, on a sociologist. I don't have clearance yet to say um, their name, so I'm yeah, not going fine. to yet. And then we're going to have a Western Massachusetts um, drag performer on is very popular in this yep. area. So Yeah, yeah. They actually um, put on a lot of the drag shows around the area. Yeah, so we're super excited. I think that's gonna be a really great conversation. So mm-hmm. that'll be next week. Um Yeah, so that's all I wanted to mention. Just I think I was really yeah. I you know, this has been such a shit year. Yeah. You know that's for definitely a bright spot. For news. <laughs> Remember back in 1990 mm-hmm. when you couldn't wait for the year 2000 to come? Oh my god! Because oh my that god. was going to be the future, oh and god. every all the social ills would have ironed themselves out, and everyone would have their jetpack <laughs> and hoverboard. Everything would be great. But yeah. if if you look at year 2000 to, to 2020. It's just been one fucking shit show after another. Yeah. yeah. And we got a fucking gigantic important election coming up. This could yeah. be the fucking worst year ever that I've lived through if, if things don't go the way I want them to in November. Yeah. Right. Um, let's see. A couple things we want to just recommend that we're watching um, real quick. So our new show that we're working our way through is a show called Pose. We're watching it on Netflix. It originally was on FX. But it's on the FX network. And it is about... It, it takes place in the 1980s. And it's about, I it's think... It's the 80s. Like the what Vogue was based on. Madonna's Vogue. Yeah. So it's the black trans... But the trans community, basically. And the gay population in yeah. New York City. And it's yeah. uh, you know, it's a very, a, very realistic depiction of that era. Yeah. And I believe they're mostly um trans actors yes and there's many trans actors it's a really good show though i'm like totally engrossed in it now i'm mm-hmm. really happy i started watching it so that's pose and then we watched a couple of movies with the kids um, with our kids <laughs> trying to yeah. expose them to some um, awareness awareness so that was just mercy we watched that last night 
That was good. That was, was really good. Yeah. And Hidden Figures, we watched uh, yeah. a couple weeks back. Did we mention that already? I don't know. I don't think we did. That was excellent also for a couple yeah. of different reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I just also want to plug this podcast I'm super into, which is a chapter-by-chapter review of Stephen King's The Stand. It's called oh, the, wow. the Circle Opens. And I wrote to that um, host of that podcast yeah. asking her if she would come on and talk to us. Yeah. So I'm trying to... Did she write back? Uh, she did write back, yeah. She, just, she said she's really busy. Yeah, she, she'll listen to our podcast and she'll uh, make think a about it. Yeah. yeah. So... Cool. So um, very cool. I'm excited. I got a couple. We got yeah. We got yes. a bunch. We got a bunch we of got really some stuff lined up. We're actually guests. coming up with a production schedule. Josh, you'd be so proud of us. <laughs> we need a, good. I need an intern. <laughs> we do need an intern <laughs> that we can yeah. make get that coffee be, for us. That could be Ted's uh, summer project. He could be our intern. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Although I'm at the point where I feel like we need one. Ted could be it. He's yeah. very, very good. I tell him to call no, people on the phone. He does. <laughs> All right. Anything? Um, I I know you said you don't have room for much else, um, Mr. Stewart. Anything else that you're anything you're watching, listening to, you want to recommend to our listeners? Uh, well, one thing I can say is I've actually been reading the novel by uh, Stephen Markley, and it's the it's entitled Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a really great novel. I'm only in the um, first hundred pages but it's it's fantastic um i also re- i don't know if it's new how new it is or how behind i am but uh, uh i recently on netflix watched the um oj uh simpson trial miniseries thing yeah i watched you- that that was amazing yeah, yeah. did i watch it yeah did i fall asleep through it with I think so. John John Travolta as oh, uh, Shapiro. I did not see that. Yeah, it was actually really good. Yeah, I am. Um, I tend to fall asleep during stuff like. This. Yeah, <laughs> we've determined that that is something that Sawtooth should should pursue yeah. on his own because I just don't have the stamina for um, long, series documentary type. You're doing fine, series. Stomping Chen. You're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. I started reading a book. What book? I thank you for asking. Oh, sorry. I thought you would have just chimed right in. Go on. No, that's okay. Uh, I didn't get very far, though. I think I'm like 20 pages in. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's called Burglary. It's about the... Um, Is it about the Hamburglar? J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI. J. Edgar Hoover and oh, the FBI. Oh, that actually sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I get more in-depth in into it, I haven't touched it in about a yeah. couple days, but... All right, so you recommend Burglary... Who wrote it? I don't know the answer okay. to that question. Like, All right. That's okay. Yeah. Also, we recommend paddleboarding, which is our new oh, yeah. thing we just started this weekend. We did some paddleboarding. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Ted um, blackmailed me into standing on the paddleboard for yeah. 30 seconds. <laughs> he took my paddle away. <laughs> Where are you guys doing paddleboarding? We went out on Lake Metacomet here in Belchertown. Yeah, Lake no. Yeah, Lake Metacoma in Belchertown. I wasn't that impressed with it as a lake. I mean it was a lake. What else do you uh, need? it was shallow and kinda like gross on the bottom. Okay. You source the <laughs> next lake that we go to, it's fine. Here's my review of my sonic review of Lake Metacomet. Ready? Yes. <laughs> 
All right. Thank you, Mr. Joshua Michael yeah, Stewart. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. So, are you going to yeah, play the Shivering gonna, Jim song on the way oh, out? Should I play the Shivering Jim song That's on the way out? Totally up to you. I can do that. But I think Josh wants to go. Yeah, we're going to let him no, go. Hang out with his cats. <laughs> I want to do something different. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Hmm. You lost it? Yeah. I lost it. It's okay. That did um, sound like Jim. Okay. It sounded like the actual. It was the shivering actual Jim. But I don't know what happened to this song. That's I had right. something in there with Shivering Jim's voice for some reason. All right, so, people, Josh, we love all right, you. We can't people, say this we enough. love you, too, guys. So listen, everybody, check <laughs> out check out Joshua Michael Stewart's stuff. He can be found on the web at joshuamichaelstewart.com. The link is going to be in the show notes. The link to his SoundCloud will be in the show notes. Check him out. He is an amazing, amazing, amazing man. <laughs> we did not I rehearse am amazing. <laughs> I learned a shit ton about some Poetry. creative process stuff. Um, music so, theory. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and just chatting with us. Yeah. Yeah. But all thank right. you. We love you. And to all of our listeners. Bye now. We love you. And we say to you. Bye now. Bye now. <laughs> bye now.